0: You are listening to The Happy Gynecologist with your host, Amanda Miles, M.D. Hello. All right. We are going to get going. Come on in, y'all. So good to see y'all. Come on in, come on in. Okay, so I'm going to get my slides going here and we will get things started. All right, so for those that don't know me, I'm Amanda Miles. I'm creator of the Happy Gynecologist podcast. I'm also a board certified OBGYN and a certified burnout coach. So um, if someone could pop into the Q&A box, and um, and let me know that you can see me, that you can hear me, that we are good to go. Okay. Okay. You can see that. Okay. Let me alter what we're doing here. Okay. All right. I am going to try again on this. Here we go. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you. Oh, it's so good to see some of my happy gynecologist group members here. Good to see y'all. Good to see y'all. Okay, we are going to get started then. Okay. All right. Okay, so let me minimize this. So today we're going to be talking about um, regaining your life uh, regaining control of your life as an way may maybe regaining your life as well, depending on where you're at. Um, and why I think this is important is because I think that we all want to have some sense of control or power over our lives. But we're going to also talk about some newer things that I have learned that I want to share with you about why control really matters um, in the grand scheme of things or why we want to feel in control. And so as we get started, though, I want to have you guys pop in the Q&A box, okay? Um, And I want you to tell me where you feel things are most out of control. So where are things not going well? Where are you feeling like you really need to regain that control at, okay? Pop in the Q&A box. If you're on your phone, it's usually the middle button at the very bottom, Um, or it's along the little task bar if you're on on a desktop or laptop. Um, and pop in there and let me know, and it may be something on this list. I've got a really big list here, but it may be something that's totally unique to you, which is, I think a great thing because we can, um, we can, um, you know, apply what we're going to be talking about today to anything. And so whatever we talk about today, um, you can apply it to you. I can apply it to me, but our problems can be separate. And that's kind of the beauty of how a lot of this coaching works. Okay. Um, and then the, the next thing is if you have the workbook, I want you to be following along in the workbook. Okay. I'll give you some prompts of when to answer questions and I'll kind of tell y'all some of those questions. Um, but we will, um, we'll kind of be following, you know, the, the outline of this and you guys just follow along in that. Okay. Um, as far as. Uh, Where you feel most out of control, though, um, let me check in on the Q&A and see where you guys are at, okay? Um, I know for me, it was, you know, it it used to be really bad with the clinic schedule. I used to look at my clinic schedule every day and just feel like, oh my gosh, like this is out of control. I'm out of control, like this is crazy. Um, And I would have a lot of uh, mental drama about that. And so, yeah, some of you are the same, yes. Diet and alcohol, all of the above, taking care of the house, incorporating exercise into my life, Um, self-maintenance appointments for sure, yes, Uh, work, charts and efficiency, mm -hmm. Um, demands of how much my job wants me to work, so like call plus hospital coverage during the day plus overseeing midwives, okay, so a lot of demands at work, uh uh-huh, clinic schedule and charting, yeah. Family schedule, clinic schedule, call schedule coverage, clinic schedule hours. How many patients get added to the schedule? Yes, yes. Um, Daily office schedule. You guys are not alone. Uh, Labs and ultrasound reads. um, Call schedule, scheduling new patients, being alone and managing my four kids, age two to seven. Yeah, yeah. Managing small kids is always, was always on my list as well. Like all of this stuff plus that, right? Um, Taking care of my elderly parents, trying to manage the clinic and handle that with deliveries. um, And then all of the other tasks around the house. Yeah. Okay. So what I notice is that some of you have like a lot of things, right? So I want you to pick the one thing that you wanna work on. Um, And I want you to keep that one thing in mind as we go throughout this whole workshop, okay? So pick one thing or one place that you wanna start, okay? Um, This can be like the place where you feel most out of control. It can be just like the place that you're like, well, this seems like low-hanging fruit, maybe I'll start here, okay? However you feel comfortable. What I want you to do though, is not have the go big or go home type of mindset okay yes all of these things need to be in control right like we want all of these things to be in control but what you know what we can do is that if we think that we need to address all of these things and my group members will understand exactly what i'm talking about is like we want to start with like one thing we want to like focus it down to to really focus on one thing at a time and then we will i will teach you the tools we will then apply the tools to that one thing. And then you're you're gonna see some improvements. And then that will then overflow into other areas of your life. Okay. But if you're trying to, you know, eat the elephant all at once, right? Like it, you know, instead of one body at a time, it is gonna feel overwhelming and you're gonna, you're gonna like get overwhelmed and freeze or give up or be like, I don't know, I'm not making any headway. So the beauty of coaching is that if you make progress in one area of life, it's going to, it's going to apply to some of these other things too. Okay. So it's kind of an exponential effect. So pick your one thing, write it down, keep it, you know, put it in your work uh, book or um, put it on a sticky note if you don't have the workbook and, um, and keep that in mind as we move forward. Okay. All right. So Things I want you to know. Okay. And this is something that I have recently learned about. Um, there is a, a large body of evidence or research out there that control and our need for control is actually essential for our well being. Okay. And this actually kind of makes me happy, y'all, <laughs> because you know me, I am a control enthusiast. Okay. Um, I, I like to say I'm a, con- a recovering control enthusiast, but this makes sense, right? Like, so control is essential for an individual's well-being. Um, and not only is it desirable, but it is likely a physiologic or biologic, sorry, and psychologic need. Necessity It is a basic human need, y'all. And so there's this nice study by, uh, by Leody et al., that talks about this and about how um we as humans we're we're lumped in with uh, you know the other mammals that really do have this need but we also have this uh this need to like feel that we are in control right and so As we move forward, I think that it's really important to know that because it kind of shifts what I have believed in the past or what I have known about control in the past and what I've taught y'all. And so, um, you know, you guys that out there, you guys have listened to the the podcast probably about control and being a control enthusiast. Um, And likely there are several of you out there that may relate to that is my guess. Okay. And so what, you know, why this is important is because we often are not meeting our basic human needs anyway, right? We are, you know, going without sleep. We are skipping meals, all of these things um, that we are supposed to be meeting. We need to meet those human needs before we can learn new things and grow as people and expand our minds and, you know, do things like meditate or get coached. Okay. We can't do those things and do them well, at least, um, if we are not meeting our basic human needs. If you don't know what I'm talking about, whenever I talk about basic human needs, I want you to go back and re-listen to the podcast where, um, oh gosh, it was, I think, number 60, around in the 60s. I know that. Um, everything is awful, is what it's called. Okay. And like what to do when everything is awful is just everything is awful. Um, and it talk, we talk about on that podcast, you know, meeting your basic human needs, what they are and why that's important. And this is the same thing. Um, and so this, you know, we want control, and maybe that's why is because it's actually a basic human need. Okay. And so there is a growing body of research that talks about that, which I think is really interesting. And so The other thing that you need to know that I think is truly interesting out of this research is that whenever we don't feel in control, whenever we lack control, whenever we are feeling out of control, our sympathetic nervous system is actually activated. Okay. It triggers our fly or fight y'all. Like if you guys have been here, you know why I get excited about that. Right. So chronic fight or flight equals burnout. Okay. And so all the things that come with a fight or flight also get activated. Right. And so whenever we don't feel in control, we are actively like on a train to burnout. And so, oh my gosh, y'all, does anybody here see like a problem with this? Like, how many here like identify as type A or a like control enthusiast or maybe a little OCD, right? Like how many people here, how many people in medicine identify? Yeah. People are raising their hands. Yeah. 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 So yes, hundred percent. Yes. You know, we, we, how many people out there in medicine are, are control enthusiasts and whenever we don't feel in control, guess what? we're in burnout. And so the other side to this, though, one of the complicating factors is that we are actively taught, you know, um, by medicine, and by our training that we are not in control. Okay. And so one of the complicating things to that, and, and whenever we feel like we aren't in control, is that we've really been taught that. And so I want you to think about like, med school right like as soon as we started we realized that there was this hierarchy and that like our opinions like didn't really matter for a while right and maybe even for a long time like we always had to run it by someone else that was above us right and then once we got to residency same thing like we may have had a plan and felt really good about it but it didn't really matter if we felt really good about it sometimes right um cuz we still had to you know run it up the chain to the second year who would run it up to the chief who would run it up to the fellow or the attending and so, yeah. So I, I think that, you know, this is one of those things that like we have been taught over and over and over that actually you're not in control. Someone above you is always in control of you and your job. Right. That's one of the things we're taught. And we're also taught a lot of other things like, you know, if you go back, if you read through the original Hippocratic Oath, it's kind of interesting because it talks about like being obligated to your patients and, and to serving others. And that really is, you know, the system of medicine, we we really do. Everybody's like, mm-hmm, yeah, feel that way. Yeah. So um, I see you guys, everybody's raising their hands like, yes, me, that's me. Yeah. So whenever we are, you know, on those things for years and years, then it sticks with us. Okay. And these types of thoughts really can make us stuck. Okay. They limit what our options are i think okay i like to call these like limiting thoughts right and this list right here is a list of those and we these are some of the most common that i hear i hear these all the time whenever i'm coaching my group members they're all like probably yeah me (laughs) but i mean i've had these thoughts too like I, I will tell you, I don't have to like crowdsource for these, these talks because I've been there. These are, these are all the things that I, I've struggled with as well in the past. And so we, you know, we have these thoughts of like, I have to, I'm stuck staying late until this lady delivers. Are you on call? Well, no, but I, she expects me to do it, <laughs> you know? And it's like, well, okay, but does she say that? <laughs> no, but like we feel obligated to do that. We feel obligated to go above and beyond, um, for our patients to try and keep them happy. Right. Um, and so I think that it's one of those things that we have to really watch ourselves because, um, this is, you know, this is kind of a line of thinking that a lot of us have that, um, that we carry with us and we just think is like the truth, right? Like we just think that's how it is. Well, that's just how medicine is right? I don't have a choice. I'm stuck in this contract. I, um, I have too many student loans or I have a non-compete, right? Um, we, I don't have a choice. I can't, I can't help it. Right. And so whenever, um, whenever we are, are, you know, looking at these things, I want you to start, you know, taking note. Am I having any of these thoughts? Okay. Are these the types of things that I'm thinking about? my charts or about my job. Um, I want you to like write down and you can fill out your, you know, your workbook, you know, what have you been taught by, by training? Okay. And then what are some of the most common limiting thoughts that you have? Okay. So write those down. I'd love to hear them in the Q and A as well. Um, and yes, feels so true at times. Yes, it always feels really true to us. And so that's something that we sometimes have to uh, really examine, whether we um, have these types of thoughts that are really holding us back or limiting our, our options, right? And so one of those things is like, I see a lot is we will have, you know, just like this assumption that someone's going to tell us no if we ask for something. And so, um, whenever we have that assumption, we're just like, well, it doesn't matter. They're just going to tell me, no, And whenever we have that, we don't ask. And so, you know, we could be having a really, like, you know, really crappy contract is something, you know, something is going on for us that we don't, we don't like, we're not thriving, we're doing terribly with. um, And we just assume that they're going to say no, so we don't ask. And a lot of us would rather leave than ask for something. And what's really interesting is like, well, sometimes you ask and they say yes. (laughs) And so we are, we don't often consider that there's another side that like, maybe they won't say no. Right. And so we have to sometimes question this. And so, um, okay. So what I, um, I'm trying to, okay. So. I'm trying to get myself straight here, y'all. I'm really excited. I'm really kind of nervous too though, y'all, because um this is probably the biggest workshop I've done in a while, or maybe ever, okay. <laughs> and I love y'all, but um, you know, I, I still get excited and nervous because I'm a human, I have my feels too. So anyway, okay. So you have to bear with me. If I start if I start like sweating, getting the nervous sweats here in a minute, you're just gonna have to like like ignore me for a minute, okay? <laughs> So, okay. The other thing that I think that we need to really acknowledge as OBGYN is, is what control means to us. Okay. As an OBGYN, we often equate the feeling of control to safety. Okay. And whenever I say that feeling of control, that's different than actually like being in control of something. Okay. So whenever we are seeking to regain control, we are actually seeking. To feel in control. You know, if I am in control of something like the Bovee, right? Like the Bovee is a tool. I know that I am in control of it. I control it as I move my hand. I know that I can reliably predict what will happen whenever I activate the button, right? If it's plugged in and there's a grounding pad and all the things that, you know, are, are supposed to be doing, uh, you know, supposed to be done or done. Um, you know, if I activate it, it's going to behave in a certain way. And so I am in control. Of it, I also know though that I can be in control of the bovi and feel out of control as I start a case because I had a complication last week. Right, you can feel out of control yet still be in control of the bovi, right? And so whenever we are like seeking or searching for that control, it is the feeling that we are searching for, that kind of perception, that perceived control, that we um, have the ability to, you know, do well or, or to do a good job or whatever it is, okay, that we have um, the ability to affect our surroundings, essentially, and that's different than actually controlling something, and so I want you to kind of think about that, like, you know, if we are, um, you know, we are searching for this, it's actually a feeling that we're searching for, And so on the flip side of that, I want you to tell me in the Q&A box and on your worksheet, I want you to tell me what does it feel like when you are out of control, when the control is not there, like you don't have that feeling of control? What do you feel? Um, And I know for me, it's usually straight up anxiety, right? If I like have a million moving parts and I don't know what's going to happen, there's like this anxiety, this uncertainty. And and uh, sometimes some dread or some, you know, some like overwhelm. Okay. Um, so I want to know, type in the Q and a, what do you feel if you're not in control? Like if you're out of control, things are out of control. How are you feeling inside? What feeling or one word emotion would you describe? Um, because I think it's different for all of us, but I think that it's, you know, interesting to see, you know, what feelings, oh yes. Okay. So, um, Morgan, she's giving me one of her, her limiting thoughts. I'll be viewed as lazy or not a team player. If I set boundaries, that is a, a very limiting thought. That is a very, very limiting thought because I, I think that, and I think that we are all shamed into wanting to be a good team player, Morgan. And so you are not alone with that thought. We are taught that from a young age, like little interns, right? Um, Okay. Thanks, Meredith. You're so sweet. Got a little way my happy gynecologist gals, thanks. Um, okay, so overwhelmed, going back to how you feel if you're not in control or if things are out of control. Overwhelmed, frazzled, anxious, fear, shame, yeah, yeah, shame, pathetic, anxious, disappointment, oh my goodness, yes, feeling of being closed in, doom, angry, I'm just running and there's no room to breathe. Ooh, that's That's a great descriptor. Um, Chrissy says anxiety, irritable, tearful, anger, frozen, like I want to run away. Mm -hmm. It's the beginning of the end. Um, stressed, anxious, dread, overwhelmed, anxious, unsettling, angry, snap at my family. Yes. Yes. So what I want you to realize is that whenever we feel like we're not in control, we then have a lot of feelings. Okay. Those feelings are kind of, um, you know, probably leading to a lot of the actions in our lives right we're trying to um you know take actions from those places a lot of times where we are taking actions from those places um and so whenever we are doing that we feel out of control we will then a lot of times have a lot of negative feelings i didn't have any i didn't have any positive feelings written down i don't don't think that you guys did either (laughs) And so we aren't like, oh, this is fine. It's fine. I'm okay. Like in a real way, we're like, this is fine. Everything's fine. And like the dumpster fires in the background, right? (laughs) So yeah, so that's, that's the place that we are taking actions from and then responding from whenever we feel out of control. Okay. And so keep that in mind because that affects a lot. And so whenever we, you know, Whatever we really want to control things, and these are some of the things that we really, really want to control a lot of times. Okay. And you may have different ones on your list, but these are some of the things that um, I see most often as far as like OBGY in life. Right. And so we really, really want to control these things a lot of times. And so one of the things that I see pop up over and over is we try to regain control of these things, but maybe not in the best way. Okay. So what I often will see is that in order to try and find that feeling of control, we will then take actions that are essentially micromanaging. Okay. And micromanaging is very different than being in control or feeling in control. Right. And it's, um, You know for for those of you that aren't maybe as as you know a control enthusiast as i have been in the past that's you know you're like trying to like control every little tiny aspect of something okay and so you know whether that's you know other people whether that's a situation like trying to get someone delivered okay it's like a lot of moving parts um a lot of times it's the things that we can't truly control or have control of okay other people is a great, great example of this. Okay. So maybe this is, you know, at work, maybe this is like, okay, I, um, I show up and I see my schedule and I'm like, oh no, Mrs. Smith is on at the end of the morning. She's coming in at 1130. She's the last patient in the morning and look at all these like double books leading up to her. Oh my gosh. Like we cannot do this y'all. Like last year she yelled at me because we were running behind. She yelled at me. Oh, we have to, and like, like then you take a lot of actions and they're kind of, Usually the actions of micromanaging are kind of like frantic or frenetic, right? They're not like from a calm, confident place at all. Okay. They're not from a controlled feeling type place, but they, you know, so maybe you shift everybody around, maybe you move her up in the day. Maybe, you know, you, you swap her out with, with some OBs or something like that. You take all these actions and you kind of obsess about it and you're anxious And then she comes in and you see her and you're on time and you're like so happy. And guess what? This year she yells at you because it's too cold in your office, (laughs) right? So like you like take all these actions, you have all this drama and you try and manipulate something like the schedule. And guess what? The, The outcome is, is that it didn't actually change much or we waste a lot of energy trying to make that happen. And we still didn't have control over the outcome, Okay. Another example might be like, you are like parenting, right? Um, I know that this is something that I've had to learn recently, (laughs) even with small children, like mine are five and eight. But if you are trying to like micromanage your kids of like, don't eat like that, sit like this, don't do that. Please talk quieter, you know, Um, you know, like all these little things like pick, 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 pick. that's micromanaging, technically, right? And I'm like over here, like hanging my head. Like, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Um, and so guess what? Those kids don't like that. They, they, it doesn't take very long before they realize they don't like that feeling. And I get it. And I, I don't like that feeling either. It's like one of my worst things is like if someone is trying to micromanage me, how do I feel? I hate that shit. <laughs> I mm, there is nothing that irks me more than someone trying to micromanage me. And I, and I'm very, that's like on my top five, like, I don't know, uh, dislikes probably, right? Like um, pet peeves, maybe wet socks is up there too. But um, if someone micromanaged me, my, my brain like goes to this like defensive place. Like, like, yeah, I got that done. Like, why would I not get that done? Like, what are you saying? I'm not capable of getting that done. Like, that's where my brain is going. If someone is like trying to micromanage me, I'm not, uh, I'm not a good person. I don't know at responding to that. I feel, I get really frustrated and angry and defensive. And I'm like, you know, and so guess what? That's what my kids do too. And that's what other people do too. Um, I don't know how y'all feel if you were micromanaged, um, or if you've ever been micromanaged, I want you to kind of connect with that. How do you feel if you get micromanaged? Okay. Um, because I'm guessing it's probably similar to how I feel. If I get micromanaged, it's probably not a great feeling. Okay. If someone's like, yeah, but did you do this? Are you sure you did it right? Did you, uh, be sure to take this step, this step, that step? And like, they're like giving you the fifth degree, right? Like I, that's like what I was doing with my kids. And it, it doesn't take long before whoever is being micromanaged, you know, uh, like, like starts rebelling (laughs) my children, they start rebelling. And so I want you to kind of think about that. Like if you're trying to micromanage other things to try and regain that control by like managing every tiny little thing it's exhausting it takes a lot of mental energy and time and effort on your part the other person hates it okay or the other situation may not be actually controlled by that so we take all these these actions we use all this energy and guess what we still can't control what's on the other side of that. And so it doesn't regain us any control. It may even lose us some control. Okay. So I, I want you to know that micromanaging is not the way to regain control as an OBGYN. And so um, I want you to kind of think about that too. Like I want you to reflect a little bit if you've ever micromanaged others, um, like why you did that or why do you tend to do that? And is it because you're trying to regain control, okay? Um, And you can answer in your workbook if you have that, kind of spend a minute like thinking about that or reflecting on that, okay? Okay, so we've talked about how we are not gonna regain control, right? But now we need to kind of transition how we are gonna regain control. I want you to just for a moment, kind of imagine that you are in control of those things, of one of the things, of that thing that you really wish you had more control in. What would success look like for you, okay? So close your eyes for a minute, even if you have to, okay? Think about what, was, what would success look like? How are we gonna know that you have regained that feeling of control in your situation? What would that look like, okay? We gotta know what our goal is, right? so that we can get there. Um, and how will we know we're there if we don't think about that? So we need to spell that out. I'd love for you to paint a picture of what that would look like um, in a little blurb in the Q and A box, um, if, you, if you feel like you can, um, or write it down in the um, in your workbook. There's a big space for that. So like, how would you feel if you're in control of that, of the, your EMR, if you're in control of your clinic schedule? Like, just imagine if you like walked in and you saw like this, like terrible double book schedule and you're like, I'm in control. Like you, you are there. How would that feel? Right. What could you do if you regain that control? Like the possibilities are endless, right? Like, it's like, what could you then do? Um, What would you stop doing? You wouldn't have to micromanage anyone anymore. Right. What thoughts would you be thinking? What would be different? how would that feel? Okay. What would that look like? Paint a picture for me, um, and type it in the Q and a, if you, if you feel brave. Okay. And if you don't know, that's totally okay. This is something I want you to come back to. If you aren't quite sure and spend some time after this workshop, spend some time just envisioning that and imagining that and really be detailed. Like I would carry myself differently. I would be more calm and, and, you know, Uh, poised looking at my schedule. I wouldn't be as, um, short with my office staff. I wouldn't, you know, waste a lot of time and mental energy. Right. what does that look like? Paint that picture for me. Um, okay. So I'm gonna read some of the, some of y'all's answers because I want to know, um, Morgan feeling happy, not dread when I was driving to work. Yeah. You'd have more mental room. I feel like if, if you get rid of that, like out of control feeling. If you are like, you know, you have time to just like be, um, you could be present. <laughs> I would have happier relationship with my family. Yeah. I would feel at ease. I wouldn't get so upset when things don't go the way I planned or imagined. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes a lot of mental energy too, right? Like whenever things don't go as planned and you just like ruminate on it, but if you feel in control, like you wouldn't have to do that. Um, I wouldn't feel scared about what comes in on call. I would know instead that I can handle whatever walks through the door. I could sleep easier the night before call and I would just enjoy my day on call knowing that I can handle whatever comes in. Yeah. Oh, and she adds that, um, she would enjoy her downtime much more because she's not worrying about the next call. Yeah, like that's that's a great picture. I want you to like really write that out in your workbook. Okay. Because having that really spelled out for what success looks like is super key. I would feel like Rocky did when he got to the top of the Rocky steps. So then I and then I would feel at peace. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love it so much. Uh, more time to think about the things. Uh, that make me happy, like my family, instead of wasting energy over work. Yeah. And so, okay. So that's great. Definitely spell out what success looks like for you guys, because that is um so good. And so in the workbook, you're going to have, there's going to be several questions that help you do that. Um, and so it's the questions on this slide. Okay. So spend some time here, even after this workshop, because it's, that is something that can really help you get there. Okay. All right. So whenever I showed you guys this slide earlier, I left out some of the things <laughs> I paraphrased, but I want to return to this. So returning to this uh Liadi study, um, the full quote is in this. So if control is essential for an individual's well-being, the belief in one's ability to exert control over the environment and produce the desired results is essential. For the individual's well being. The important part here that I really want you to know about is that our belief in ourselves also matters. Our belief in our ability to exert control over things, our ability um, to believe that we can make change or that we can have uh, control over us is vital to our well being. Okay, so that's a good thing because we get to choose what we believe, okay? And also it's the kind of expanding that second half, right? It's been repeatedly argued that the perception of control, okay, perception of control. So we don't have to be in control. We don't have to be controlling the bovy. We just have to be like, to have the feeling of control, the perception of control, like feeling like I got this. I know exactly how this case is gonna go. Uh, if I use this boby, right? Like it's like that feeling of like this is going to go great, and if it doesn't, I'm equipped to address it, right? And so, what I want you to kind of think about as we, you know, talk about this is that the belief in your ability to exert control over something is essentially, you know, learning to to decide. Okay, learning to decide to believe, basically, right? And so whenever we are looking at things that um that you know we think we don't have a choice over that is where we feel like we lose our control okay and so if we feel like we don't have a choice then we will feel helpless and hopeless okay it kind of goes back to the german shepherd dog studies right like you guys have heard me talk about these poor german shepherds in these really sad experiments that they did on these dogs where they basically put them in the electrified cages and you know the dogs that um that basically they taught couldn't escape from the beginning um once they open the door the dog doesn't try to escape and in fact it has learned that it, it it doesn't matter like its opinion doesn't matter its ability it doesn't have the ability um to exert control and so it will lay down and just continue to get shocked, okay? It's learned helplessness. And so learned helplessness is what medicine teaches us, okay? Um, And I hate to even say that because it sounds terrible to like think that we all have like this like little bit of learned helplessness, but like, no, it's just the system, it's not like us. It's like the system has taught us that like, no, shut up and put your head down and stop complaining. You signed up for this. And no, you're not allowed to, to vent or, or, you know, complain or ask for anything different and no, you can't have a pee break or, you know, have any food. And by the way, things are going to be really awful. um, A lot of times you're going to see really terrible things, but you're not allowed to like acknowledge that. (laughs) So shut up and get back to work. Right. Like that is what the system has kind of taught us that we don't have a choice. Like once you're in there, it's like, nope, shut up get back to work. And like, that's essentially what we were taught, at least some of us in our training. And, um, that system shows us that we don't have control, right? We can't end the pain of residency, right? Um, we can try and mitigate it in many ways, of course, and many of us are successful at that, but that conditioning is still there. And so in, effect, we can come out on the other side of our training and have lost that belief. And that really, really leads to burnout. Okay. Where we just kind of curl up and keep taking the shocks and think that we don't have a choice. Okay. And so I think that, um, I want you to realize is that you, you have a choice and that choice is essentially the antidote for, learned helplessness. Um, It is the vehicle for perceiving control, okay, is choice. And this is, you know, having the choice to do anything in our lives is essentially how we can regain that control. Okay. And I'm going to kind of explain that, what I mean by that. So um, I want you um, to kind of think about, you know, all the things that we talk about that we don't have control of, right? Um, like other people, nature, the universe, right? But where do we have control? We have control anywhere we can make a choice. So how we choose to interpret, you know, our role in an uncontrollable complication. We couldn't control for that complication, but we can choose to believe a certain thing about ourselves. Okay. We can decide or choose how to respond to an angry patient. Okay. Or to admin. Right. We have the choice. Do we want to, you know, do we want to respond to bullshit with bullshit (laughs) or do we want to be professional and, you know, show up in a way that we're proud of. Right. We get to choose how we show up as a leader of a surgical team or, um, you know, what we believe about our ability to thrive despite medicine. We get to choose how we feel about our work circumstances, our home circumstances, what actions we take, like setting boundaries, prioritizing ourselves. We get to choose how we interact with our family after a bad day work, right, At, at work. And so whenever we acknowledge that we actually have control over our actions and the things that we do, because I want you to know that like, you know, um, your job could come to you and say like, hey, uh, we're changing your contract and mm, we got to add some patient facing hours. Okay, I coached a bunch of my group members a while back um, on this. There was like a I don't know if this is still happening in, in certain big medical systems, but there was like a trend for a while where like they would say, you need X amount of patient-facing hours and call doesn't count, surgery doesn't count, um, and like what you do on labor and delivery doesn't count. And so these docs were having to decide, okay, am I going to choose that this job is worth increasing those patient-facing hours? Am I going to choose to renegotiate my contract and say, that's not cool for me. I need this other, you know, we need to talk about it. I need another option. Or am I going to choose to go somewhere else? Okay. And you really get to choose what you want um, in that situation. You are not stuck in that contract. You get to choose and you can choose that. okay, well, I'm choosing to stay I like my reasons for being here. I like the school my kids are in. I like my partner um, down the hall. I, you know, we're close to my husband's job. I'm going to choose to stay here despite whatever bullshit's happening, okay? So you have the choice despite whatever bullshit's happening out in the world, okay? And so, you know, you're going to get to to choose that. And so um, what I want you to kind of think about right now is like, what are you currently choosing, okay? And so like, if you are, um, you know, if you are in a situation where, you know, you're like coming to a head where you're like, considering taking a different job, okay, but what are you choosing to think? Are you choosing, you know, all the options, okay? Or are you choosing to think that, you know, I'm stuck here. I have no other choice. I've got to find another job, Okay. What exactly are you currently choosing? Or are you choosing to stay here and you're not actually stuck? You're choosing to stay here because you you have a lot of reasons to stay here, okay? That's a choice, okay? And it matters, okay? It's the, it's the difference between the German shepherds that hopped out of the cage that shocked them and the ones that curled up and kept getting shocked, y'all, okay? The choice and knowing that you have the choice, that's the power. If you think you don't have a choice, then you curl up and you get shocked. If you if you were like, "Hey, no, I've got a, I've got other options here. I can figure this out. I've got, I've got ways," then you can hop out of the cage. You don't know, get shocked. Okay, so that is the beauty of the choice. Okay, and so there's different. I have different examples here, but I want you to think about what you're currently choosing, why. And, and, you know, you can, uh, there's a couple of questions in your workbook for that too. Okay. Um, do you like your reasons? Okay. Um, because there's, I'm going to run you through some different examples. Okay. Ooh, my slides are getting crazy y'all. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So for example, if we're looking at the schedule, what we usually think is something like, oh my God, this is so overbooked. Why do they do this to me? Like, why? Like, we're like looking to blame someone, right? <laughs> like that damn front desk, right? Like, we're we're just like, you know, they're picking on me. Um, that's what we what we usually think, right? But we could choose to think when looking at the schedule, you know what, I need to have a talk with the front desk about how the schedule is really affecting me. And let's see if we can find some solutions. Maybe I can have my office manager come. Um, maybe I can talk and see, you know, Is it time for me to to back down on how many guides I'm taking? You know, what are some ways maybe they have some ideas, okay? We can choose to think that instead, okay? This first belief or this first like thought is a very limiting thought, right? We don't get anywhere. We don't get any solutions. We just feel bad, okay? And we don't feel like we're in control. But whenever we choose to think something where we take control of us, guess what? this feels a lot more in control, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. So the next one is like, okay, the Pitocin's at eight. <laughs> like we usually think, why are they, why are they turning up the ebbing pit? Right. How many of you guys like struggle with a thought like this on the regular? They didn't turn the pit up. <laughs> this is why I miss out on everything. <laughs> yeah all the hands raised. I see them all. Yes. 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 Okay. So we could choose instead whenever the Pitocin's at eight, I wonder if they are like nervous to turn it up for some reason. Maybe there's a reason I don't know about yet. I don't know. Maybe, the maybe the patient's asking for an epidural and they're trying to work on that. Like we could choose to think differently. Okay. And that is an active That is an active choice that we have to us, okay, or have for us. Um, And I choose to think this on the regular because my brain often questions this, okay? Um, When it comes to admin, okay, well, cardiology gets paid for their call shifts, but we don't. They don't even care about us OBGYNs. I should probably just leave because there's no way that they would do that for us, right? But we could choose, on the other hand, to think, well... I've been thinking about this whole cardiology getting paid for call thing. I probably need to set up a time to discuss my contract because if it's a, it, you know, it's a guaranteed no, if I don't even ask, right. A lot of times we assume the answer is no. So we don't ask, right. We, we'd rather leave. And that is so, so common, but what if I ask and and we come to a, like a, some sort of decision that benefits me and then I I feel better about it. Right. What if, a pay me for call right some of y'all out there may be paid for call i am not i work at a very small place but um but this is something that is um was actively going on at my institution but like it turns out like if you talk with someone about your contract sometimes they say yes for stuff okay all right Um, What we usually think we're running behind, God, this patient's going to be pissed. Then they're going to go tell everybody not to come here. I'm going to lose all my patients. They're going to go on social media. I'm going to like not have anybody coming to see me. I'm going to end up in a van down by the river, right? (laughs) We may not have all those thoughts, but I used to have some of those thoughts. Um, Instead, can we not choose to think, wow, she chose to wait an hour to see me because she likes me right? Like maybe the patients are choosing something too. Okay. Um, and so there, there's a huge, huge gain that we can have here. If we choose how we want to think about something and we need to choose in a way that empowers us and gives us the power back us, the control feeling, right? Not just saying like, yeah, everybody else is in control and not me. Right. So Oh gosh, and then this last one, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, This is, oh, this is a big one. Um, So when a complication occurs, we are notorious for saying, I should have known. I should have called for the c His tray. I should have ordered blood sooner. I should have done more. I should have been better. I should have known, right? But we could also choose to think way differently in this situation. We could choose like to think on purpose. I did the best I could with the information and tools I had in that moment. And that's the best any of us can do, okay? Because this is this is going to empower us that like, look, my role in this, I controlled me. I did the best I could despite whatever outcome was, you know, whatever, if it was bad or if it was like just really scary for a while or if it turned out okay, we could still like have that control feeling about, look, I showed up the best I could do. And that's, that's what, you know, I can hope for on any case. Right. And so I think that I want you to know, like as we go through this is that it's always your choice. Okay. You have that decision of, you know, allowing medicine to control you or deciding, no, I control me. I'm in charge of this. I'm in charge of me. Okay. And I get to decide if I stay here, then that's a decision I'm making. If I leave here, I can decide that. If I renegotiate, I can decide that. If I want to stand up and say, Hey, this double booking in my clinic is not good for me or my patients. And I would like to discuss options. Okay. You can always have those conversations and you are in control of what happens in that choice, like what you do afterwards. Right. And so I want you to make that, that decision for yourself, because you know, do you want to be obligated to your job or do you want to be obligated to you? Okay. And that might feel a little like, mm, right? Like, one of them want to be obligated to me. That sounds, no, I want you to think about you. And I encourage you to think about you uh, before you think about your job, because you matter more than your job does. Okay. And so do you want to continue to feel out of control and frustrated, or do you want to regain your control and find your inner happy gynecologist, y'all? Yes. Yes. I hope everybody says, yes, me. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So I, oh, we have a pop quiz next y'all, but before we do that, let me check the Q and A. Okay. Jill says, so when the pitosa is at eight, how do I choose not to micromanage? Do I call and ask them? Are you concerned about something that's keeping you from turning up? Yes. So in my opinion, whenever I do that, I get a better response. That's exactly what I call and ask them, like, hey, what's going on with her? Is there something you were worried about? Um, you know, I saw the pit was at eight. Is there, you know, what else do I need to know? And usually they're going to say, well, I was kind of nervous because she contracted back to back to back. That's what they're usually nervous about. Um, and I'll say, oh, okay, did did the baby handle that okay or not? is uh, usually, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Is she changed her cervix? Well, no. Okay. What do you think? You know, we kind of have like this conversation, like I try and coach them a little bit. Okay. Of like, okay. So how do you think that we're going to get her to change her cervix better? Like, do we need to do something else? You think we could turn off the pit? If the baby's tolerating that I'm okay with that. If you want to put my name in the chart, I gave the blessing, you know, I'll like reach out like, Hey, I understand your concern about this. Um, You want to put my name in the chart saying that there, that I blessed it. And let me know if you need me, I'll you know, like reassure, because yeah, a lot of them are really nervous to do it sometimes. Okay. Now, sometimes it's like, I don't know, I went down to the cafeteria to get breakfast. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, um, you know, and so you can choose when to have those conversations, but it's like, asking them like what their opinions are to try and get them to buy in as the team and then reassuring them for what they're nervous about. Okay. Um, that's what I like to do. And it is much more effective. Let me tell y'all. Okay. Um, okay. When you're running late, do you apologize to your patients saying, I'm so sorry you've been waiting so long? Or do you say, thank you so much for being patient. I really appreciate it. Yeah. No, I say, this is my script. I say, thanks y'all for waiting on me. You know, I acknowledge that they are waiting on me, that their time is like important and that I really appreciate that they are waiting to see me. Okay. And that's, that's very effective usually. Um, and so I don't ever say like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm running behind because that makes me, that's like me shaming myself. Okay. Or criticizing myself. I just like acknowledge them and how awesome they are for waiting on me and that I appreciate them you know? And so, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, okay. <laughs> the hard part is that we have so many moving parts. It's hard to slow down to ask all these questions to get to the point. Um, and my brain is more frustrated by this and the lack, uh, and lack of efficiency. Yeah. So there are a lot of moving parts. And so I think that it's like choosing <laughs> anytime there's a lot of moving parts, you start small. Okay pick one thing that you know you can get a win on if you can, or one thing that you think will be easier to get a win on. And that'll help build your confidence in addressing these things or asking for things. Okay. Um, and honestly, I'm going to be very honest. Like I have gone and like, I've had that struggle with like the front desk, um, or the, um, you know, with the manager saying like, no, we need to get these people in. We have an access issue. Um, I've had a lot of the struggles where I'm like, I don't think they're going to change it, you know? But then I go and I say, listen, here's what's happening on the backside that maybe y'all don't see. And then I ask them like, what are some of the ideas? Like, I want y'all to help me fix this because it's not right for patients. It's not right for me. And um, and it's really affecting things, you know? And so, so I, you know, the clinic schedule is what I'm referring to mostly, because that's always my, um, my go-to, I want to like control it. Um, and so doing those things shows them that like, oh yeah, you're a human. (laughs) I won't triple book you at 1145, I guess, you know, and sometimes it just has to be a boundary of like, listen, if you continue to triple book me at 1145, I am not going to be able to, um, to do that. I'm not going to be able to perform that task in a timely, timely manner. And I have to, I have to have a break at lunch too, so I can pee and get food because I'm a human. And so if you continue to book triple books before lunch, I'm going to have to ask you to move those patients. Okay. And then you have to follow through. Okay. And so having those tough conversations is, is part of the part that we we don't want to do. Okay, cuz we want everybody to like us. We want everybody to be like, "Oh, she's so great. He's so great." Right? They never complain. They're such a good team player, right? We want that, that vision of us. But we can't keep sacrificing ourselves to do it, y'all, okay? So we have to have those conversations and say, "I really need this change." And if it doesn't happen, okay, um, you know, I expect this change. If it doesn't change, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to ask you to tell those patients that, that they can't come see me at that time. Like that's going to be on you. Right. So having them, um, um, you know, really, uh, like have to deal with the fallout of that sometimes is effective too. not in a mean way, but like take responsibility for, for their misstep. up. Um, Okay. Uh, Before we have a little pop quiz, I'm going to finish going through here. Um, What would you recommend if nursing starts to second guess your management of a triage patient, Uh, i.e. they want you to do more, et cetera. Ask them the same questions. Yeah. Like I would be like, oh yeah. Like what are you worried about? Are you, you know, and I would just ask that and just let the nurse talk. And if it's something like, oh, I'm worried she has preeclampsia. Okay. Well, let's go back through that. What's her blood pressure right now? Okay. It's normal. Does she have protein in her urine? No. Does she have swelling or something? No. Oh, she has a headache. Okay. Well, um, you know, she doesn't have any other signs right now. Are you seeing other signs that I'm not seeing? I'll often ask that. What are you seeing that I, I can't see on this end of the phone? Tell me. And so sometimes just like working through that with them and telling them my, um, well, we've ruled out preeclampsia because her blood pressure and her protein, uh, are are negative. That's great. I feel good about that. For this headache, though, she might want to hydrate and take some Tylenol. I think she'd probably be okay to go home. But if we need to do that, you know, here for a little bit, so so everybody feels better. You know, sometimes it's the patients that are questioning. They don't feel like they should be sent home, and so I'll, I'll give the the benefit of the doubt sometimes too, of like. Well, OK, if it would make her feel more comfortable that we really checked things out, you know, really watched her for labor and rechecked her again in another 30 minutes, give her another little bit of time. OK, you know, I, I like to give some um, if I know that it'll, you know, allow me to take some, too. But yeah, so just asking questions sometimes is enough. And then like telling them my thought process of like, oh, OK, I see Well, I'm really reassured because of, you know, um, and so I'll use that, that line a lot. I, oh, okay. I hear you that. Yeah. I'm really reassured by the things I'm seeing like and give examples. So, because sometimes they don't know, you know, and bless their hearts, they're trying. So, okay. Y'all now it's time for a pop quiz. Okay. So if you have your workbook, you can, you know, put a check next to each of these numbers or fill in the bubble, whatever, um, <laughs> the bubbles are a little bigger than the Scantron, um, but you guys could do it. Um, so I want you to write down the number, uh, if, uh, or circle the number, whatever that represents where you are at currently. Okay. We're going to have a little, little quiz time here. Okay. And, um, for those of you that don't have the workbook yet, that's totally fine. Just write it on a sticky note, write down the numbers next to each of your answers. Okay. We're going to add them up. All right. So we're going to go through this real fast here when it comes to work overall, Number one, most days I feel frustrated, overwhelmed, or stressed about my job. Or two, I have good days, but bad days could lead me to feeling frustrated and upset for several days. <laughs> or number three, even on hard days, I know I can handle anything that comes my way because I have the tools and support in place for myself. All right, so write down your number. We're going to kind of fly through these, okay? All right, how often do you find yourself contemplating a job change? One, I'm counting the days to retirement and considering cutting back or leaving medicine. Two, on the bad days, I search the job postings and research going GYN only. (laughs) Three, I know I have the control to create my dream job as an OBGYN. Write down your number. All right. Uh, I over drink, overeat, or zone out on my phone to deal with stress. One, most days. Two, only on the hard days. Three, um, I process my stress in healthier and more effective ways. Okay. Um, When it comes to setting boundaries to meet your needs, One, I don't like to think I have needs. That sounds needy. Gross. (laughs) That used to be me. Uh, That's why I laugh. Okay. Uh, Two, I try to take care of myself, but often think that other people's needs are more important than mine. Or three, I have strong, regularly communicated boundaries at work and at home, which allows me to make sure I'm meeting my own needs first. Okay. When it comes to your relationships at work, Um, I frequently feel frustrated and lose my shit with the incompetence surrounding me. That's number one. (laughs) Two, I know my staff means well, but I have to stay on top of their every move. Or three, I have collaborative communication and productive relationships with my work team. All right, next question. When something bad happens, my self-talk is, number one, full of cuss words and self-criticism, just as my old school attending would be proud of. (laughs) Two, initially critical, but I'm working on supporting myself instead of beating myself up. Or three, I'm doing a damn good job and I deserve to be treated with kindness and respect, both from others and internally. All right. When it comes to complications, outcomes, and uh, mm, bad outcomes and complications, how about that? One, I worry about messing up and people thinking I'm a bad doctor. I spend a lot of time stressing and ruminating about surgeries and difficult cases. I hear this so often, y'all, if you're one, like, I don't want, I don't want anybody to judge your, your answers here. I can't see your answers if you're circling them, if you're writing them down. Okay. Um, And uh, I was the number one for a long time on all of these. Okay. So that's where I came up with these answers. These were mine. Um, Two, I know I do a good job most of the time, but still spend too much time stressing after I operate on someone. Or three, I know I'm a good doctor that takes good care of people, even when the outcome isn't as expected. Okay. All right. Next question. When it comes to having fun, one, hobbies and fun, who the fuck has time for that? <laughs> uh, I know some of y'all out there circling that number one. I know you are. Two, I have things to do, but rarely have time to do them. Or three, I find the fun at work and at home. I regularly make time for pursuing new hobbies and interests. Oh, I hope that's, I hope that's some of y'all. I hope that's like all of y'all someday, right? Like that's, it's like the best. Ah, okay. When it comes to seeking support amongst other OBGYNs, one, I feel like I'm stranded on an island with only Wilson the volleyball to talk to. And even he doesn't get what I'm going through. Two, I've got people to talk to. They just agree shit's hard. (laughs) How many times you guys like vintage, to like your OBGYN friends. And they're like, yeah, that sucks. It It's hard. Shit's hard. <laughs> yeah. I have experts and colleagues to ask for help. They help me move forward instead of just commiserating with me. That's so important. I think y'all, oh yes. Okay. As far as downtime goes, what downtime? When I'm not working, I'm doing my second job of managing my family or home life or insert other. <laughs> Two, when I do get a spare minute, I'm exhausted and end up doom scrolling on the couch. I would also add plus or minus wine or snacks here. <laughs> Three, I feel well balanced between home tasks and doing activities that replenish me. Hmm. All right. I want everybody to add up your score. I'll give you a second to do that. Um. I would love to know what the scores are. I won't, you know, I won't call anybody out on their name or anything, I so... I'd love to know what your score is if you would be willing to share in the Q&A. Just know that I was like the lowest score possible, whatever, like 10 is probably the, I think the minimum. Um, That used to be my score. And so guess what? Like if I take this score now, I'm doing pretty damn good, y'all. And so don't worry. Like this is not something that is, you know, proving that you're broken, okay? This is something that is like an assessment of where you're at right now. And also like, where do we want to be? Right. And so what I, um, let's see, 18, 15, 22, way higher than before I started with the heavy gynecologist group. Yeah, go you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Love hearing from y'all. Um, All ones, but I would give anything to be all threes. Yeah. All threes is a good place to be y'all. Even if it's like a lot of threes is a good place to be. It feels good and it's totally, totally doable. Okay. Um, because if I can do it, you can do it too. (laughs) Okay. I'm just a human y'all. Uh, 14, 22, higher than I expected. Good for you. Uh, yeah. 20, 17, 17, so much better than before. I love having some of my happy gang members here. Yes. 19. Yes. Okay. So, um, Why I think this is important is because I think it's always important to know where you stand, okay? And so if your score is 10 to 17, the way I see it is that you need a proven process that is simple and doable, okay? You need something to move you forward that's specifically made for OBGYNs to emerge from burnout. Because if you're in that range, there's likely some burnout there, okay? Whether you really identify that that as burnout or not, there probably is. Okay. Um, you need a process that has the support you need and that's guided by an actively practicing OBGYN that gets it. Okay. Um, and because I know there are, there are all kinds of things out there right now, um, where you can go and you can do these programs or you can do the burnout training on the AMA website or whatever, but like, it's not taken into account OBGYN life. Like, are you kidding me? Like, they're like talking about stuff that might apply to like internal medicine docs that just do clinic. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, you need, you need something that uh, that has been proven by an OBGYN themselves too. So if your score is 18 to 25, you're doing the things, right? Like you're listening to the podcast, you're doing the things you're here, right. Um, but something's still missing. So the direction that maybe you need to take is, is, Maybe you need help focusing on the right things to start seeing those big changes. Maybe you need guidance to utilize the tools that you've learned more effectively to like apply them to reconnect with your badass self, right? Maybe you need personalized instruction from an expert that understands the daily stressors that we face as an OBGYN, okay? If your score is 26 to 30, you're doing pretty well, but maybe you're ready to up-level your life, okay? Maybe that next step for you is more growth. And you already know that no one can hold you back from chasing your dreams, but you need expert advice on taking massive action and making big things happen. Even when you feel nervous to put yourself out there, because even a happy gynecologist needs mentoring and guidance to make their dreams a reality, y'all. Okay. And this is this is how you up-level your life. So you might be thinking, why should I join the happy gynecologist group? I'm just trying to get my shit together. <laughs> Just want to feel less frustrated with work. And if that's you, I want you to know, like, that's exactly what this is for. That's exactly what the Happy Gynecologist Group is about and why it was made. And so those are the real reasons that that we created it. Um, And so I want you to consider that this might be the solution you need. And so inside the Happy Gynecologist Group, what you get is is a whole range of things but we start with weekly group coaching call with me so that you can apply the tools that you need in a way that is a deeper level than just doing it on your on your own right and so having that guidance to apply the things that you learn You know, you can, it's kind of like listening to didactics, right? In residency, Um, you can listen to that all day long about how to use the forceps, but until you have like a, an attending that's done it a hundred million times, right? Like really guiding you hands-on, it doesn't quite make sense in your brain, or it doesn't quite click, or it takes a lot of like seeing that and doing that with them, with that guidance one-on-one, right? And that's what the weekly group coaching calls for. Um, You also get six monthly modules and video teachings. So we have six months of like, basically you log in, you watch some videos. Um, It takes around an hour a month and you do some worksheets that help you really apply the teachings that I give you on a deeper level and help you work through some of these limiting beliefs and limiting thoughts that are holding you back. Um, You get a lifetime of support. This is brand new, y'all. We are offering lifetime support via written coaching now. And so we are about to roll that out to our current existing members. And then for the September group that's going to be starting, um, you join once and you get lifetime support from us. And so other things that you get, recordings, PDF downloads, podcast modules, um, we know that you guys are busy. Like I I'm actively living this life, y'all. I know that you need it whenever you're on call. Like if you're waiting on a delivery, you need to be able to pull up something and work on it. Um, I know that you need to have things at your fingertips, on the website or on your phone, um, on the go. I know that you you need to be able to um do that. And so this is why this is created. Um in a way that allows you to keep going with your busy life. Okay. And um, do this even when your life is busy. Um, You get a private Facebook group with me and my team. And that's something new that we're also launching uh, very soon. And so that's going to be for, um, you know, to try and really create a sense of community, sense of understanding, because going through the happy gynecologist group is like a I don't even know, like a, like a residency class that loves each other, I guess. I don't know how to describe it, but like, that's what I want it to be. Okay. I want it to be a sense of community that you can tell um, other people like, man, I just had a really shitty day and they're not going to just say, yeah, me too. Right. I want, I want us to be able to interact in a way that's like, I had a really shitty day. How are y'all doing out there? Like, yeah, it's been rough but whenever it's rough, here's, here's my go-to thought. Maybe you try that on, okay? Helping each other in a way that is like, you know, building each other up, that's the community that we are building right now, okay? And so that private Facebook group is for all of our current members and past members, so you'll get lifetime access to that. And then we also have bonus trainings on charting. <laughs> that's a big one. Complications, getting sued, so that you have the confidence that when it's a you know, a bad day as an OBGYN that you have the tools you need at your fingertips to handle that. Okay. It's like, okay, I know that there's a a bonus uh, module on this. Okay. Inside what we do is we walk you through how to feel less frustrated, which (laughs) then leads to less overworking and retraining your brain as the next steps. Okay. This is like a, like bird's eye view of how we do this. Okay, this is like the overall roadmap because we have to realize that we have to get rid of some of that frustration and work on a lot of our stress and our overwhelm and like calm some of that down before we can then start realizing, oh, okay, so whenever I have this, you know, mindset, I overwork a lot. And then also like the overworking that comes with like worrying about patients at night, checking the census on Sunday night, all of those types of like anxiety ridden things that we are just like worrying and stressing about. That's like part of the overworking that we work on as well. And then we retrain your brain so that you can get out of that and into a different mindset that actually helps you. So we work with your brain um, to move forward. So this is kind of what it looks like if you log in. Um, we have uh, you know, these monthly modules. You click on the videos. You have all these kinds of worksheets. Um, we want you to be able to have all of these things at your fingertips. Um, you get lifetime downloads of all the PDFs. You get lifetime access to all the videos. And so we basically have trainings on every aspect of life. Like, um, I feel like all of this can be applied to work or home or anything. So, um, and it's completely customizable. Um, you also get a nice, this is my favorite part. These like, um, bound happy gynecologist guides. Okay. This is like a, I'm trying to like, find know the bound book. These are my favorite. I'm pretty sure that my team would love for me to stop sending these to y'all because they're are actually really expensive um, because I'm like, no, it has to be the nice paper, y'all. And it has to have the dividers. <laughs> um, and so anyway, uh, but I think it's worth it. So y'all get a bound happy gynecologist guide that has all the worksheets that you need to keep you organized so that you have everything all in one place. And everybody gets a planner as well. And so, this is the planner that I use every day. And so, you can see this one, it's all written all over, um, but it has room for doing thought downloads and thought work that I encourage you to do, journaling. Okay. It has room to have a to do list for, you know, getting right with your thoughts for how you're going to take good care of yourself. Okay. Um, and so, this is one of my favorite things, too. And, um, Like I said, I think that my team is probably like, yeah, um, financially this doesn't, and I'm like, I don't care. They're nice paper. I like it. (laughs) So how it works is you sign up and we, um, will ship this to your house. Okay. Usually the week during the week before, uh, the program starts, we start the first week of September. So it'll probably be the week before that we send you a happy box with these things and a lot of little fun gifties that I've been picking out and I'm really excited about. So. And then I want you to know this, okay? That the the cost of OBGYN job dissatisfaction is not small, okay? There's all kinds of research out there that talks about what the cost of burnout is on the medical system or on hospital systems. But what is the cost to the OBGYN, okay? Whenever we are either dissatisfied, unhappy, or burnt out, I want you to think about that, okay? Because tail insurance from what I can tell, is around 60K. Um, if anybody's got it cheaper than that, I'd love to know. Um, but it's like 60K and up. Moving is going to run you 15000 you know, for closing costs on a new house, paying someone to move you. Depends on where you're moving to, I guess, too. If you go GYN only, I want you to think about stuff like that. Like if you go GYN only or you um, switch like models of how you're working, you do office only or whatever, okay? you, there's a potential that you will then have a decrease in your earning capacity over your career, of one to 3 million. And that's just salary. That's not like also what you're putting into retirement and that kind of thing. Okay. Um, one year of therapy after a bad outcome, it's going to run you probably close to eight, $8,000. Um, unless your insurance covers a full year. Uh, I don't know. I don't know whose insurance is covers that, but a lot of people don't want to use their insurance. Um, for other reasons we won't get into, (laughs) y'all know, um, lost productivity due to stress and burnout. Um, if you were to reduce like even 1% of what you're pulling in, it's going to probably run you. Like if we're like looking at our views and stuff, um, around five to 8,000 a year is my guess. Okay. Is our best guesstimates because if you're not closing your charts, if you're scheduling less surgeries, if you're taking on less patients, because you are like, totally burnt out. Okay. Even if you're just like, I can't keep up and you're not keeping up with the billing, um, that can have a huge effect on your productivity numbers. Right. Um, and not to mention the emotional energy and the countless hours wasted y'all. Oh yeah. Like I, the cost is huge. Okay. So what I want you to think about is that if this webinar, this workshop really resonates with you, I want you to consider the investment in yourself and for a step-by-step program with a lifetime of expert support, what that would mean compared to all of that. Okay. So the cost of joining the heavy oncologist group is $5,000. And we do that by placing a deposit to save your spot. So $1,000 to save your spot, and then you get two options to pay. Um, and so at, um, at, you know, whenever we start, you can either say, "Yeah, with the credit card points, let me do it all in one big chunk," um, and you pay the four thousand, or you set it up and you can click the box and it says, "No, I want it over six monthly payments," um, so you can like spread it out for planning purposes. And so, what I want you to know is that this is literally risk free, y'all. Okay. And the reason I say this is because one of the biggest fears that I hear from people is that, well, that's a lot of money. Well, what if it doesn't work for me, okay? And I, I want you to know that I believe in you so much and I believe in what we do here um, so much that I offer what's called the happy guarantee. And so if you show up, you do the work, you get coached and you aren't satisfied, I will give you your money back, okay? So I'm not sitting here guaranteeing that in six months, you'll be 100% happy 100% of the time, right? Like that's not achievable for any human, Life's 50 50, right? What I can guarantee you is that you will get over five thousand dollars worth of value and support and tools and community. And if if you show up and you do the work and you get coached and you say, "Hey, no, actually, y'all suck," okay, well, I'm writing you a check same day, okay? If you if you do those things and you're like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh I don't think so," okay, I'll, I'll send you a check the the day you tell me I suck, okay? Um. And I want you to think about too, like best case scenario, you invest in yourself and you do the work and you like absolutely change your life. Worst case scenario, you get your money back and you got six months of coaching. <laughs> so it's it's a no brainer, y'all. There's no risk here. Um, and I mean that, I mean that I um, have not yet had to fulfill this. And I will tell you, um, I I feel very confident that our program works. Um, Because of that. So you also might be thinking, I know, but I should be able to do this on my own, right? What I want you to consider is that likely this is like what the home birthers think. (laughs) Uh, So um, keep that in mind, y'all, that having an expert to guide you through whatever you're facing makes all the difference sometimes. Okay. <laughs> this is like my favorite slide ever. I don't know why. Like, like anytime I can. Okay. I'm not trying to like throw people under the bus for home birthing, but I'm like, <laughs> all right. So if you are are gonna go sign up, you gotta go to coach miles.com forward slash happy. Okay. Um, And that's where you're going to save your spot for September. I want you to know that September is the last group of 2023. Okay. This, we will not have another group this year. Um, The next group will be in 2024 and the spots are limited. So do not procrastinate. I really, really hate getting the FOMO emails y'all of like, Hey, I, I like drug my feet and I didn't sign up. Any way I can get it. Like, I really hate that. Okay. So don't 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 have the FOMO. <laughs> sign up sign up soon because we keep our group small, so the spots will fill. Okay. Um, all right. So we are going to go into some questions. Any questions that you have um, about control, about the happy gynecologist group, about something going on for you, I will make sure that we get them. Um, I will get them answered. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How big are your coaching groups? So our coaching groups, typically we like to keep them it's variable. I'm going to answer that um, in a weird way. So I, I read this book a while back that I want to keep them like small, like an intimate dinner party. Cause that's where like the best conversation is and the best relationships. And so that is like an intimate group is around ideally on average eight to 10. Okay. Okay. Um, if you get much bigger than that, then it's like, you know, whatever, but our groups also, um, overlap. And so we try to guess, and we also try and guess how many people will come to the coaching calls because that is a fairly steady, uh, percentage. Anyway, we have a lot of uh, numbers and guessing, but we try and keep it small. (laughs) We don't even know yet. Um, who is on the happy guy team? Um, that is me and um actually it's my sister who works with me. Um and so she's gonna be uh she's always helping in the background. And she is a certified coach as well. And so yeah, she doesn't uh, we we haven't like introduced her her like face and and name and everything yet. I she's on this call. She's probably like, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> but she's in the background. Her name's Lauren. So that's that's our the main team right now. Um we have other people on the team that obviously won't be in the like, you know, financial people, tech people. Um uh, like, like marketing people, like those people aren't going to be in our happy gynecologist Facebook group. Right. So if that's what you're asking, um, okay. How often do you do group? Um, so yeah, so we, we have spaced it out recently, Jill, so that, um, we aren't doing them as close together. So it's either now or 2024. Um, and then after that, I don't know. Um, we're kind of always assessing things. Um, okay. Oh, just here to say that I am in, uh, going to put my deposit down tonight. Okay. Yay. We're glad to have you. We're so glad to have you. And let me tell you though, too, that the, um, I'm guessing, you know, what, what kind of happens is that you'll put your deposit down. You'll get an email that's like, Hey, welcome. And then the week before you get a bunch more emails, like with your login, um, we'll send you the big happy box. It's like my favorite. I get so excited. Um, <laughs> even talking about it, y'all, get excited. Um, I like to give gifts. I don't know if that's a love language. Maybe it is. Um, <laughs> anyway, I digress. We will send you all of that, but you'll also start to have some like, Holy crap. What did I just do thoughts? And you'll also have some like, Oh my gosh, am I going to do it? Thoughts right before. And just know that that like Scared feeling inside that is totally normal because you're like, Oh, I don't know, you know. Um, and I want you to think about having courage courage to show up for yourself and invest in yourself because courage I tell my group members all the time, y'all, courage actually feels really gross. Okay, courage is like having fear and then moving through that and acting anyway. And so to take steps from courage. Feels awful, (laughs) and it feels scary, and it feels ooh. But that's how you know you're doing it right, okay? That's how you know you're doing, you're moving through courage, uh, correctly, right? Is it? It feels a little icky, okay? So good job. So glad to to hear that. Okay, let me see here. Let me kind of scroll down. Um. Okay. Yeah. So one of the questions was like, like, what if it doesn't work for me? Okay, I think we explained that. Like, there's literally no risk if you come in and you do the things and it doesn't like for real girlfriend, like I'll send you a check. <laughs> it's not, it's no big deal. Okay. Um, because I want, I want my shit to work for you. And if it didn't work for you, then okay. That's no, no like harm, no foul on my part. Like I'm like, yeah, no, you, you deserve to have your money back then. Um, okay. Let me see. I think I, I want to make sure I didn't miss any here. Um, okay. Got that one. So we talked about that. Um, Oh, I'm scared that other people uh, will judge me. Can I be anonymous if I get coached? Yeah, so you can come and, um, excuse me, you can come and you can get um, coached anonymously. I'm so sorry, I'm gonna have to have a little sip here. You can get coached anonymously. You can leave your camera off, change your Zoom name. That's totally fine. I just want you to know that like, that's that kind of shame that, and and shame, blame, judgment, and criticism that we fear from others that medicine has taught us, okay? And what I want you to know is that in this group of like-minded OBGYNs, no one would ever think that about you. We would only think about it about ourselves, right? And so, you know, it's just like, if I like raised my hand right now, and I was like, one of y'all out there, and I was like, hey, listen, I'm really struggling. And I'm not keeping up and I'm like 150 charts in the hole and my, my task list is like stupid and I'm getting nasty grams from medical records and I don't know what to do. I'm so overwhelmed and I, I don't know what to do. Like none of y'all out there, I guarantee you, if you are here, none of y'all out there are going to be judging me or criticize me or blaming or shaming me. I know that. Okay. I have confidence in that just and and I know that I would never think that of y'all um and so whenever we feel that shame, it's like we we like want to hide under the covers because we put that on ourselves, okay just know that that's kind of what medicine has taught us to do that's how we deal with problems in medicine like you know if you ever had to do like a morbidity mortality conference where everybody just like really beats you up for however you fucked up, blames you criticizes you all the things that was. That was my experience in training. Um, And I know that that's not uncommon. I know that's changing in a lot of places and I'm so glad. Um, But that's what makes us like do that internally is we like beat ourselves up so we don't fuck up. Right. And if we admit that we're not perfect, then other people might do it to us. So we like hold that imperfection in. So just know that you're not alone. There is options to be anonymous if you want, but I want you to like really consider why that is important to you. and. Question that, and be there for yourself in a kind of loving way because that's what we're there for you for. Okay, kind and loving support. Um, and it's a safe place to get coached. Okay, so that's that's the goal is that we want to be safe to like vent and cry and rant and yell it at the world if we need to. Okay. Um. All right. I heard you have a podcast. How do I access that? Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. I can't believe we we have you here. And I didn't even like mention this. Okay. So to get to the podcast, if you have an iPhone, you're going to go to iTunes iTunes or the uh, podcast app. It's like a purple podcast, Apple app. And you're going to search in there, the happy gynecologist. And the podcast is going to pop up and there'll be like a little like button up at the top, right. I think that says like subscribe and it'll keep feeding them to you every week. Okay. If you open that app, it'll pop up with a new episode every week. Okay. Um, And if you're new to podcasting, I'm like sitting here over explaining it. Some people are like, I've met so many people on this journey, y'all that like, this is the first podcast they've listened to. So I want to make sure that if any of y'all are out there, that I make sure if you don't have a Apple phone, if you have the other types of phones, out there, uh, Android, I guess. <laughs> um, you can find us on Google Podcast. You can literally just Google the Happy Gynecologist, and um, Google Podcast will open. There's probably an app for that as well. Or on Spotify is another app that that our uh street our podcast goes into. So if you have any of those apps, or you can download those apps, and it's totally free. So and a new episode every Thursday. So yeah, we're up to hundred and fifty-ish episodes, I think now. I can't remember what this week is. So yeah, yeah, totally check that out, friend. Totally. All right, current HGG member here. Hi. I had the same fear that I would be judged, but found that I felt so supported and seen and heard in the best way possible. It is a safe place to be real. Yes, you're gonna make me emotional. Yes, yes it is. We want that safety for everybody because guess what? We have to create that psychological safety for our brains, right? To to be able to access like the, the calm that down and then access the higher parts of our brains to work on burnout. Okay. So we have to create that safe place for our brains. that It's okay. Um, before we can even like, start like climbing out of the burnout hole. Right. Okay. Y'all, I think that that is going to do it for us. I don't have any more questions, I don't think. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Again, if you are interested in this or if I can answer any other questions, um, you know, feel free, go visit coach-miles.com forward slash happy. See so if you can find your answers there or reach out at any time, amanda at coach-miles.com is my email. Um, you can holler anytime and we would love to have you. All right. I will, I'm going to end this, but I want to say thanks for coming. And I'm sending so much love to each and every one of you tonight. All right. We are going to, we're going to exit. Bye y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can always get more free help from me by going to my website, www.coach-miles.com and clicking on free resources. If this work has helped you and you're interested in learning more about getting out of burnout and up-leveling your life as an OBGYN, definitely check out my six-month coaching program, The Happy Gynecologist Group. You can always get more information on my website, coach-miles.com.